0: Joe, hey buddy, what's up? Mom? Welcome back. Welcome back from the slopes,
1: dude. It was crazy. They've had 500 inches of snow this season there. They've ex- wow. Just, they just extended their season through like end of April. Crazy shit. It was it was snowing. We only had one one and a half bluebird days. The rest of the days were snow, 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 snow. Which was is nice. It just reduces the visibility, but. And I got to tell you, my wife, 10 years ago, said, let's get rid of all of our other credit cards and put everything on this Southwest Airlines credit card. And she goes, and then we'll rack up points. I got to tell you, that's like a $12,000 vacation. Yeah. Pocket. I'm out like 1200 bucks because of points. Nice. Yeah. And now we get, we have so many points we get, we get companion flights for free. So anyway. Highly recommend it, folks. If you want to sign up for the Southwest Credit Card, send me a DM so I can get another twenty thousand points. I'll send you a link, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Uh, and you get fifty
1: thousand points. So, Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, it was a good trip. It was nice. It was fun. Um, That's a great town. I I highly recommend anybody Steamboat. Uh, It's just it's a mellow. Doesn't feel like fucking tourist trap. You know, you don't get any of that sense. Everybody's very lo- local and nice. And it's a really cool place to hang out. And And it's beautiful in the summer, too. Love it. We've been there in the summer and love it. So that yeah. is our spot. And we got the last night of our stay was the most expensive night. We sat through a, a fucking timeshare points pitch from fucking Marriott and pissed off the salesman. So saved another 500 bucks. So that was good.
0: Oh, that's always that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, those people can be frigging aggressive, dude. This was guy like, was
1: such uh, a dick. I mean, I went, I went in and I was joking with him. I'm like, you must be the best salesman in the world. He goes, What do you mean? I said, Well, everybody that comes in here tells themselves they're going to say no, no matter fucking what, and you got to sell them. It's like, oh no! I just talk about the opportunity, blah blah blah. So, he <laughs> then he got pissed. Well, here, all right. This is too much of a tangent. Nobody wants to hear this, but I'm going to tell it anyway. But here's the thing: he's trying to sell this thing, which is you. You put out sixty-five grand, right? And then there's four thousand a year in fees, right? Now this is for a hotel room that costs. Without points, the weak points we have, but would cost you about $4,000 out of pocket for the week, right? So I said to him, he's like, Well, you know, they're increasing hotel rates, blah, blah, blah. I said, Okay, let's just take this out over 10 years. If I write a check for 65 grand, that's 6,500 a year plus the four grand in fees. I said, So yeah, I've got points every year, but I'm now spending $6,500 more per year on the same hotel room. And let's say it goes up incrementally over that 10 years is it ever going to get to that ten thousand dollars a week i don't think so (laughs) he got pissed off he's like oh man he was but then he made us sit the rest of the hour and a half while he walked away
0: (laughs) so you could earn your your points yeah i remember things like that for cases of beer or like gift certificates things like that would be all these gifts that you could like uh they would use to entice the kids to say, Oh, yes, I, the beach ones. Yeah, oh yes, dad. I want to get can I get my blow-up inflatable raft? Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's just like all those little tricks. That's a tough. Yeah, I don't, I don't see That's how people can gig. do that. I feel
1: bad for the guy, but you know, he claims he's done like two million in sales in the last few weeks. So fucking so no good for him. Exactly. All right. Uh niblet says, Point systems are the only revenue center for most US airlines. Yeah, I believe it. I don't know, I don't know what southwest does but i gotta tell you we've leveraged the shit out of their points uh yeah so it's good
0: it's always good to have fun times for free you know
1: exactly exactly (laughs) uh so what have you been up to how was your week buddy
0: it was good uh what'd you do i was up in dc for most of it um
1: yeah took my daughter up up
0: there you know, it was uh, not as not as not the weather you were in. That's for sure. It was more like you know forties, fifties, oh, um, but nice. not that cold. You know, yeah. a little drizzly, if I remember right, a little rain. I don't remember really getting a lot done. Um, but you know, it was not certainly not like here. You know, eighty-five and sunny. Right. Um, but but yeah, it was good. Did some museums, met you know some co- client stuff, some networking stuff got to see my folks, you know, my daughter had a good time, you know, all of that. So, yeah. um, it's just, just staying busy with
1: your mother every time.
0: Yeah, they do that, but they do more spas and things like that. Oh, you know, nice. they got a haircut and spas and oh. movies. You know, there's always a lot of movies to be seen. Um,
1: yeah, every time tell you what, I, a haircut, take her to mom's house.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might save money with my either getting, getting like hair, giving myself haircuts or not getting them at all. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> she, she goes in. And it's like, I mean, I don't think, I mean, is, but you know, those are like 150 bucks a pop for absolutely for the girls. I, do the hair I mean,
1: and shit. we don't get out of there for four or 500 bucks. And it's like,
0: no, what? it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It, and then you get cautioned over something, you know. Like if you're going to, um you know, maybe get that top shelf vodka or something like that at the bar, <laughs> people look at you like, what are you doing? And you look at them like, what are you doing with your $150 haircut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my is going to
1: be like one-tenth of your haircut. What are you talking about? Yeah,
0: exactly. So, but always a good time. Um, You know, always good to get back to, but I, I'll tell you what I did enjoy. I mean, nothing personal to all of our loyal listeners, watchers, but I certainly enjoyed having lunch free. That was the one thing I did enjoy. And um, you know, just to go meet people and stuff. And I realized that um, you know, I just started really kind of thinking about um well missing that, but also wondering if there's a way to do it where, you know, um I don't know where it's not necessarily live or something. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. Something to think, to think
1: about about that. Right. Like, can we reduce the number of days a week where we have to be live, but still provide valuable content to our, to the people that listen. Right. And yeah. part of it that we struggle with is we have so much fun interacting with everybody. And that's the thing that, that, that makes it difficult. But, um, I think that's in our future, some reduction. in in our daily live commitment. And it's, you know, the hardest part about it is, is that when you do something in the middle of the day, it's like, first you have to get geared up for it. And you you and I are pulling links and putting them in our group chat and trying to figure out what we're going to talk about. And then afterwards, you got to come down from it. Or I'm like me, like today, I'm jumping straight into another call. Well, that's, you know, that's a good two or three hours out of the middle of the day. That is just, not doing other things we need to be doing to generate revenue for ourselves. So,
0: yeah. And also, as you point out, a lot of, I mean, probably 90 plus percent, 95 percent. Yeah, that's a good point, Chuck. Um, Chuck makes a good idea.
1: In days of are live, you should have office hours and Telegram. That's actually a cool idea, dude. I like that.
0: That is, Um, you know, it seems to me like that, there's a way to do it that kind of somehow balances this yeah. um, because I definitely enjoy it. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I don't real I didn't realize how much I, you know, how much it takes up in the middle of the schedule yeah. um, of the middle of the day. And, and so that's just something to, to think about. And plus, as you pointed out, I think it's like 95% of the people listen to the show anyhow at other right. times of the day. Right. Exactly.
1: So, so, they're listening on the so, podcast. No,
0: yeah. The, so
1: speaking of which, Everybody that's listening on the podcast, if you haven't joined the Mission DeFi Telegram group, there is so much good shit going on there. Did you see all the stuff Sean was posting this weekend, everybody discussing? Like the outflow of USD from the exchanges and all the analysis that he and his buddies have been working on. I mean, that shit is fucking gold. If you are not in our telegram group, you're missing out. You're really missing out. There's a lot of smart people in there. And they're all putting in their ideas. They're all coming up with thoughts. Everybody's strategizing. Everybody's talking through, debating, arguing, whatever. It's a great place to hang out. T.me forward slash mission DeFi. T.me forward slash mission DeFi. Get in there and join it. It's it's a good community. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah,
0: it's definitely fun. Um, Also, don't forget we have two guests today. um, Yes. For Miami. We already have our guests. Here we go. Oh, for Miami we'll two, NFT so we'll Week. Wait. We'll wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, the, that starts Friday. So, I'm sure they'll tell us all about it. But um, that's always a big event in Miami, uh, yeah. Miami NFT Week. And yep. so um, – Quick uh, quick
1: note on some news. Uh, Oiler uh, Hacker has given back uh, some of the funds, buddy. Nice. Yeah, it looks like um, – 58,737 ETH and 1.2 million DAI have returned to uh, Euler, Euler, sorry. Um, And then there's still 23,000 ETH and 41 million DAI um, that have been distributed to other addresses. But it it looks like that person's either having second thoughts about uh, law enforcement or something. So, yeah, Eamon said about 50% back so good yeah that's which is we, great to see
0: you also saw the cftc filed on finance and cz this morning right
1: no i didn't holy shit
0: really? yeah oh shit, yeah shit.
1: i did not cftc doing it that's interesting
0: holy yeah shit. i mean there's all kinds of interesting references in the article like it, it basically said kind of things You're that we've started talking right? i think i put it in the, De- in the Defi lunch channel yeah Oh, let me or it's on Coindesk. It's on Coindesk is where okay. I was reading the article. Okay, so um, that almost 20% of finances, customers are actually us institutionals wow. that are routing through other jurisdictions, kind of like we talked about before and that evidently they were openly encouraging customers to use VPNs <laughs> to get <laughs> oh, around great. the, get around this shit. So, or at least one instance in there of that, I guess, Lovely. but um. You know, it, it's it's a different if everybody does it for safety purposes, but if someone's telling you to do it at the protocol so you can get in there, that's a little bit uh, sus to, yeah, to say absolutely. the least. But, uh,
1: yeah, to, we'll take some look at some more details of that discuss it a little more later, I guess. Yeah, uh, so, says yeah, the telegram is light on tech bro shilling nonsense, it's heavy of the wrestling with serious issues totally agree dude and thank you for all that you've been doing to participate there i really appreciate it niblets all right joe uh well we had johnny and eric and now we lost eric again
0: well let's just start with johnny all
1: right sounds good
3: hello sir how you doing
1: good how are you buddy
3: very good very good
1: awesome awesome let me uh turn off share screen sharing there so we can actually see you uh so you're down here in our neck of the
3: woods huh Well, where are you? I'm I'm in Miami. Yep, Uh, we all are. Awesome, awesome. Born (laughs) born and raised here in Miami.
1: Oh, born and raised. I was not born and raised. About Mm. 25, 26 years here, but uh, wife
3: was
0: raised here. Really? About 20 years for me.
3: Absolutely. Others, Eric? Well, you got the 305 in your name, so that's That's always a (laughs) problem.
1: That's it. Joe is True Blue 305. Welcome, (laughs) Eric. How are you?
2: I'm outstanding and I apologize for being late. That was a little user error on my part.
1: That's quite all right. We're 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 used to that in the streaming world. We Joe and I are, are constant errors, so it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so guys um joe sent me a little bit of bio information on you but i think it'd be cool to uh introduce you guys to uh the listeners most of whom will listen to this later on our podcast um but we like to do the live stream because we have a community that likes to dive in as well but um would love to hear about each of you kind of what you're up to and um i, I know you both are, are working hard in the ecosystem so would would love to hear more about what you're up to and and uh what, what we can learn from you. So I don't know, Eric, you would like to go first?
2: Uh, sure. Um, so when I am not doing this crazy conference with one of my partners here, Gianni, uh, my primary day-to-day is a, is a very early stage angel investor, primarily in the Web3 space. So day in, day out, I'm looking for great founders and meaningful stories that I can get behind. Uh, that has led me to be a part of some amazing teams here in the space. Uh, some launches, uh, some protocols, uh, and as an extension of that, I I get to, you know, help out and and see what I want to have built uh, here in the space, which is a roomy, inclusive version of Web3 that isn't Uh, dominated by the traditional Web 2 monolithic players, some of who are making moves in the space. And if we don't get it behind it as a community, those are going to be the same names that dominate Web 3. So if you're in the sound of my voice and you're not building something, like dive in, do something, like let's go.
1: I love it. Eric, what were you doing before that?
2: You know, my background's in marketing. So the majority of my life was spent in broadcasting for the corporate world. That led me to uh, start some advertising agencies. Subsequently, I bought and sold a number of those. Uh, I've also been an investor in the technology space. I owned a real estate development company as well. So very entrepreneurial in nature. But I'll be honest, I have sold all of my other businesses, and I am myopically focused on the opportunity that is right in front of us here in web Street.
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. We'll get into it a minute and some of the projects you're getting into. But let's – Gianni, if you could – am I saying your name right, by the way?
3: You got it. You got it. Sometimes – I only I only heard my name properly pronounced when I went to Italy. So and it was surprising (laughs) because you know Joe said it correctly earlier. My parents are Cuban and have an Italian last name. So growing up was Gianni, Johnny, and then I go to Italy as a Johnny, and I'm like, whoa, that's so so beautiful. I I love (laughs) it. That is nice.
1: (laughs) That it makes you feel um, like a different person.
3: It does. It does. (laughs) Even more sophisticated. But um, so tell us
1: your your background and kind of uh, how you got in this space and
3: what you're up to. Um, Well, similar to Eric, I've been I've been marketing and branding pretty much my whole life. Uh, and in, in Miami, in particular, in the tech scene, since the very since the first dot com boom, when I when I graduated from high school, I worked for one of the first ISPs in Miami and then later went to work for Alienware, which was, you know, ah, two yeah. guys from Hialeah who started a computer uh, gaming company uh, and then later sold it to Dell right. and then you know uh, either had an agency or worked at agencies and and just always in the forefront of like cool tech and and very curious about it but in 2013 i got really deep into crypto i started like just i, w- I felt and I felt enamored with the ideas in particular like how people can do business together without trusting each other um just this concept of economics, which as a creative and as a marketing person, I wasn't really, it was not part of my interest. And right. as a result of getting into crypto, it really piqued my interest in understanding the world in a different way. And kind of like I say, it's like remove the wool from my eyes um, and the possibilities of, of just me as a person, as a business person, as everything. And then as a result of a conference that that happened in 2014, uh, that was happening every year was the North American Bitcoin Conference. Uh, hosted by Mo Levin, in, it, it, I was privy to to have been invited to the house the night before Ethereum was announced, and not many people know that this occurred here in Miami, in, 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 in Miami Shores, actually. Um, in a house, they were just kind of meeting up, getting ready for the announcement the next day. I found my, my way in there and became friends with all of them, and, and, and later um, you know, went to work with Anthony DiOrio, one of the co-founders of Ethereum, at Decentral Jacks, which was the first multi cryptocurrency wallet. And then in in, uh, 2021, started helping venture Miami and and Mayor Suarez on different initiatives and different ideas with crypto. Um, And it kind of like led to this idea of of can we do something that uh, the Bitcoin conference was happening in Miami and it was kind of preventing everything that was not Bitcoin. so they weren't talking about ethereum they weren't talking about tokens they weren't talking about nfts uh and obviously conferences come to to take you know use miami as a feature right like it's tourism mm-hmm. it's exciting it's fun but then it really showcase the entrepreneurs you know maybe a little bit but um but i i i, I spoke to the to the city to the city's team and they introduced me to Eric. And they introduced us to me to my other to our other partner Ted Lucas, who's the founder of Sip inside Side Records, uh, another Miami institution, another uh, born and raised uh, person. And Miami NFT Week was born. No, that's mm-hmm. great.
1: Love that path. That's that's awesome. So, give us kind of the overview. What's going to happen at Miami NFT Week? What? How do you? How are you guys? you know, kind of focusing what, what is happening and what's possible there. Just, you know, give us the whole spiel. Shill us.
3: Um, Well, last year we had a a really exciting event. Uh, We had 5,000 people show up. We had 250 speakers. We had Mark Cuban speak. We had, you know, just a lot of different luminaries and interesting people from within the industry. Um, it was over three days. And we the, the beautiful thing about it is that it happened within 90 days that we were able to we had we'd never worked together, wow. Eric, Ted, or myself. None of the teammates that we that we kind of brought in had ever worked together, and we were able to pull off such a feat. And you know, again, we're, we're doing amazing. it again. This year, and with the same team, uh, we now we know how to work with each other a little bit better. Some some systems are there, others have been improved, but you know um you know we're not an event company we we are a group of entrepreneurs that are passionate about crypto and blockchain and nfts and and wanted to kind of like get people to learn about it and and export because the experience i know that eric has had and i have had and others have had in the conferences uh is where networks happen is where people meet you know it's where businesses start and um you know again that focus is again this year but the focus is also, you know, on 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 the the faces of Miami, the diversity, the LATAM, or like some other people, the LAC, which is you know Latin America and the Caribbean, uh, making sure that those voices are heard. Um, and so we have a lot more of that happening at this conference this year, and hmm. emphasis on meta, meta, you know, the metaverse and gaming and whatnot,
2: Eric. Well, no, I mean, I think you touched on it, Gianni, that network effect is what we're looking to lean into. Um, And we were very fortunate to be able to create that this last year, and we wanna double down on those efforts. Um, To Gianni's point, a lot of these conferences come into town and it's great for the three, four or five days that they're here, but then they pack up and they go elsewhere. We're looking at what's next in Miami and we wanna be uh, the early adopters and the early stakeholders that are creating the economy that feels the next 10, 20, 30 years here in South Florida. And we have an opportunity with a, with a conference that we put together and so, We want to make sure that we can do everything humanly possible to make sure that this wave of innovation that has started over this last couple, three years continues. Um, And I bring this up often, but I think it's incredibly powerful. Uh, There was a a period for either 10 or 11 quarters in a row where Miami uh, led the nation in tech job hires, number one city in America for tech job hires. It had never previously led the nation one quarter. So if you look at that, if you look at the opportunity that's created by that, that can either be a flash in the pan moment, and that was great, and a couple of years, it kind of fades and goes away, or that can be the catalyst that drives this for future adoption, innovation, and founders who don't even know their founders yet to say, hey, that can be me too, I can be a part of that, and I can do it in Miami, I don't have to go to the guys in sand hill road i don't have to go up to the new york vcs i can do it right here because this is where the energy is this is where building is happening and you're seeing that happen in intellectual capital in real capital it flows into the market and so we want to make sure that we're the best ambassadors humanly possible for this story of miami
1: that's awesome yeah and i, I yeah. totally agree with you on that uh, you know i having i I live way south of Miami and and having had um, an office downtown in the startup scene for, for a number of years before this all blew up, um, I'm really excited to see what's happening now, right? Because there was a lot of years of um, a very few number of small number of people uh, that, not me, that were building, 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 trying to get things off the ground with, from a tech perspective in Miami. And to actually see all of those folks work pay off um is really tremendous i mean it's amazing to me to see that it kind of has exploded the way it has and i think it has long long long-term potential i really do i I think that um the atmosphere you know 100 plus languages spoken in this town in this town um in this county um the fact that there are people from all kinds of cultures everywhere all make it um the best spot possible for i think tech and blockchain to continue to grow and prosper. So really glad to see you guys are taking that um, approach and ethos to how you're building this, because I, I think it's critical. And I, I loved when you talked about the fact that you guys don't want this to be something where it's a three or four or five day conference and then everybody takes off, you know, you really, you really want it to be a growth mechanism so that more can be happening from the relationships that, that, that get built when your conference is happening. So I think that's a fantastic approach. It makes sense on every level.
2: Well, it's one of the questions that we asked after we had a successful event last year is what can we do to add? How can we build out an even more robust ecosystem? And so uh, a testament of that is the fact that we're doing a -a build-a-thon this year and we're going to have... 500 plus projects entered into a three-day build-a-thon that goes on the same days as our event and announce the winners from our stages because that's how important it is for us to make sure that these young, early, early stage uh, founders and folks that don't even know their founders are doing the work here in Miami that are gonna pay long-term dividends. And I apologize, I knew you were gonna jump in.
0: No, no, that's fine. I was just gonna sort of, you know, follow up on what, what Brad said. is is that, you know, I do, I haven't been here for 20 years myself, I do remember all of the X.comers and the few companies that were held together in that and all the meetings that would happen. Um, I can't remember where the, the, the backbone hub is in downtown Miami. The, uh, it was like a yellow building for a long time. Exodus maybe hub or something. I remember people would meet around there back in like 2005, 2004, thousand four, six somewhere around there. And then to see it now where it's really becoming a destination city for tech um whether a lot of that came through the pandemic or just you know because of the unique um, tax advantages of florida versus say california um it's definitely something that's stuck and it resonates and, and i think we have the people from you know eastern europe uh, a lot of people from israel lots of europeans all the south americans um you know it, it, it's a great mix and, and i'm glad to see that traction happening too and, and i applaud that you're kind of doing the same thing with the conference you know it's not you know, Brad and I were at ETH Denver. Um, I guess it was ten days ago, but it feels like a year ago at this point. Um, and just the activity that was there that held everybody together, and you know, fifteen thousand attendees. But you really got the feeling that it was going on permanently there. Um, I think having that here through what you're trying to do is is something that is only going to add more value to everything that we're all trying to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing I do want to quickly ask about is how the hell you pulled it off and Ninety days in the first year because I own part of a, I own part of an event management company, and these things get planned for a year or years in advance. So, uh, I, I, I'm I'm pretty flabbergasted with you guys pulling that off. You should probably have an event company.
2: Well, <laughs> when we started last year, Gianni actually had hair. So if that gives you there an you idea. go. <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was great people coming together who were really focused on the task at hand and i i mean at some point we were successful in spite of ourselves because we really didn't know um but we knew what we wanted to create and we knew that we wanted to give people who maybe didn't have a voice in some of these other conferences an opportunity to speak and um my two founders are Miami guys, born and bred, like they bleed Miami. I'm the outsider and they welcomed me in with open arms. And I quickly bought in and saw how important it was to make sure that people from Miami had the opportunity to speak and people that looked like Miami, nothing against some of these other conferences, but you know, you look and it's a lot of white gentlemen and
1: television show.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah and there's nothing wrong with that but i think that this is a moment in time much like i said if we don't get in and start building it's going to be the xyzs of the world i'm not going to name these you know multi-billion and trillion dollar corporations but you know who they are and it's the same if we don't let new people into the space if we don't encourage new people to come into the space we're going to They have a lot of folks who look like what the last 15, 20, 30 years of tech have looked like. And that's great. They look a lot like me, but I don't want that. I want to make sure that women, black and brown founders, Latin founders all have a place at the table because it all plays. Like there has never been an opportunity in a technology that allows for the democratization of dissemination of knowledge and technology and wealth and financial services and just you can check all of the boxes and it's all available through blockchain and so why the hell not would you would you not want to encourage people to get into this space and yep. one of the things we're doing that i'm super proud of and we did last year and we're doing again we are intentional about having high schoolers here and all nice. of the higher uh, you know the higher education uh, institutions here in South Florida, we're inviting them all. And it's not because it's a great you know, thing for, our, for us from an economic standpoint. It actually adds to our cost. But it's how important we feel it is that these kids get exposed to what's available in the space.
1: Well, and I, I think that's a really fantastic thing because, you know, one of the things I talk about all the time about this space is that it is the first true, as far as I'm concerned, industry with a meritocracy right? If you come into this industry, you learn, you build, you sacrifice, you give, you have every opportunity in the world. You can be anonymous. You can be pseudo anonymous. You can be completely upfront and, and open. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter what you do. Any of the choices you make in life, if you produce, you can do well in this industry. I think that's fantastic. The other thing I think is fantastic about what you're doing here is, is I remember back when I was working downtown trying to get startup shit stuff going, the every one of the developers coming out of FIU and UM and anywhere else were getting sucked up by the banks locally, ironically, right? You couldn't hire the best guys out of, out of school because they were getting taken away to New York or Coral Gables for a little while and then to New York or wherever else. And so The fact that you guys are drawing in high school and college students to be a part of this is to me, a really critical factor in the growth that we were talking about for Miami, right? If Mm -hmm. we don't get this channel of education funneling people into this industry, then it's going to have to be all importing. And nothing wrong with importing, I'm happy with importing, but I also think that there's, we've got to have a foundation of talent coming out of here as well. And so I'm really glad to hear that you guys are exposing students to what's possible here because I I think that's a really critical factor.
2: I was gonna let Gianni speak, but I'll just jump in real quick. You touched on the biggest headline risk to the story of uh, Florida and South Florida and Miami specifically is access to young intellectual capital who's passionate about the space. And if we don't plant those seeds now, this story of Florida could actually fall off of a cliff or die on the vine because we don't have enough young people who wanna be in this space and build in this space here. And being in an importer economy is great for now, but it doesn't work long-term. That's a hard, hard sell to, you know, have five, 10, 20 years down the road. You just, I don't know a lot of municipalities who have been successful with that recipe. And so That's it's right. why it's so important for us right now to make those investments into, you know, that next generation of builders.
3: Totally agree. Go ahead, Gianni. Well, I was going to add, you know, the the that that combination also of Miami's, you know Miami is a boom and bust city right like it's always (laughs) been like that since the 20s and even you know the 20s and then the 50s and the 60s and then you know the immigrations from 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 Cuba and from Venezuela and from Nicaragua and all these you know all these other influences they boom and then they bust and and each time there's like a a, an avalanche it's almost like a seismic shifts right like Mountains get formed, and then they stay. And another mountain gets formed, right. and they stay. And, and, and we're seeing that also, and it has an influence. If you see, you know, FIU, Miami-Dade, from when I went to school here, these schools are massive now. Like, Oh, they're not, God,
1: they're, they're gigantic. They're, yeah.
3: they're, they're not tiny, and they're providing a lot of uh, benefits to the students. Yep. And, you know, as a story that Eric and I like to, to talk about and Ted like to talk about a lot, it's like, what, what was the influence of our conference on people? Right, and and those people in Miami, in particular, there's this one one uh, young lady. Her name is Juliana, and Juliana was at a startup uh, meetup at FIU. It was like a, a meetup for startups and students looking to start up things and entre- entrepreneurship. And we were talking mm-hmm. about blockchains and DAO and DeFi. They had just like a nice little rounding of uh, of things, and I was able to give out like you know 50 tickets to the event, and nice. as a result. She went to the conference and she didn't really know much about NFTs, but she was so enamored about blockchain that she took it on to herself to build the FIU Blockchain Club,
2: nice. which has like
3: you know a couple hundred members. They host meetings every 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 you know every so often, every week or every at least once or twice a month. And uh, as a result, she's now speaking at Miami NFT Week.
1: Nice, Ooh. that's and, awesome. And those that's are, really good
3: those are the stories that we love to hear and and the impact that that has now will she go into blockchain 100% maybe maybe not but you know what it's part of her of her thinking of the opportunities that are outlaid and her conversation about about Miami you know and yeah. about her experience
1: Now and that's mm-hmm. critical like like you guys were talking about earlier look the number one the, the two top economic drivers of of the economy of this county for the last 50 years are the airport and agriculture. And we need things that can replace that and have more consistent streams of opportunities. And so I'm I'm really glad to see that you guys are 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 driving this forward. That's fantastic.
3: Well, success.
2: Okay. How
0: about? uh, Yeah, I'm gonna jump just to. I'm curious from uh, maybe a little alpha from the attendees of the show. Which ones you? What struck you as as you know very interesting this year of maybe new attendees and things or new tech. That stands out to you guys a little bit so that uh, maybe then our audience can can look them up too and, and follow up on it the show or, or, or virtually.
3: I mean, the lineup on our homepage, as far as like our, our key speakers, are going to be really in- interesting. The wonderful thing is that I'm that that friend that I mentioned that I made in 2014, Anthony Diorio, mm-hmm. is getting is coming to speak. You know, yeah, I'm oh, cool. gonna have a fireside chat with him and nice. you know he's been ultra successful and ultra generous with just his experience in the space you know he's the one that Vitalik gave the white paper to at a meetup in Toronto to kind of like and he was so enthralled by the by what was happening that um that it's going to be it's you know it's something that he's going to do and he's going to talk about this new hardware that he's coming out with um All right. that allows people to be their own node at home and kind of resell their space and you know do really interesting uh decentralized things but i mean if you go through this list that you're showing here it's you know it's 250 plus speakers a, a beautiful thing about it is a lot of them are from south florida or recently moved to south florida pomp um, is on here recent
1: miami miami uh import
3: yep, yep. yeah wow Absolutely. eric do you have some people you want to shout out or or kind of uh talk about
2: uh, well one of the most heartwarming moments for me last year was we had a panel with young creators nft kids and we're welcoming <laughs> them back again this year so nice. uh, there was you know just something unbelievable about seeing these little you know, rock stars who are six, seven, eight, ten, twelve 10, 12 years old, and they're already doing things that, you know, would lap us by a pretty significant magnitude. <laughs> and it's like, man alive, like, I, it makes me actually really, you know... Uh, bullish on the future. sometimes you know if you you buy into what's happening in the world or the news, it's it's you know easy to get down. Spend a few minutes with these young creators and you will be filled with an overflowing emotion of absolute hope and that we're in a good we're in a better spot than maybe you know we all want to buy into. And so that's one to me I cannot wait to see again. And then uh, the other thing, we have I think six different panels that are touching on lat Am issues. I don't see that programming at other conferences and so yeah. we want to be the conversation starter for the intersection of you know this massive market opportunity that is Latin and South America and the Caribbean And it's getting ignored in in many places. And so we want to be able to shine a light on that. So that chunk of programming is unbelievably interesting to me. And then uh, the conversations that have been super topical recently around AI and the changing and evolving market conditions as we march forward, regulation, those are the less sexy things, but those are the worthy conversations that we need to have to make sure that our voice is heard in the space and it's not, you know this top-down approach but rather that it really does bubble up from the people who are already building in the space
1: that's awesome when does this when does the show
2: kick off we are friday. less than a week away friday saturday sunday get your tickets now <laughs> miaminftweek.com and we love it to- have you and the other thing too uh this does not help me as a business person but if you're in the sound (laughs) of my voice and for whatever reason you can't afford a ticket dm me dm gianni on social find us we're not that difficult to find we're very public figures we want to make sure that you're there if you're a mom or a dad and you want to bring your kids because they're excited to learn and money's an object don't let it be an object. This is an opportunity for you to get out here and see what's going on, and we don't want you to miss it.
1: That's awesome. And Gianni made us a coupon code while we were talking, so anybody listening can get 75% off, Gianni. That's freaking phenomenal, man. Thank you. That's awesome. We want Uh, as many
3: people as we can uh, to, to experience the event and learn as much as they can.
1: That's fantastic. I really appreciate you guys doing that. So I'll put this in the Telegram group as well, folks. But um, if you're listening on the podcast, it's Defi Lunch seventy five. Defi Lunch seventy five, um, and I'll put it in the Telegram group as well. So make sure you're signed up there to uh, get the get all the information. But that's um, that's great. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Fred. Eric, why did I call you Fred? I'm just making a I'll names. be your Fred. I'll <laughs> be Fred today? I be your Fred. All right, Eric's going to be Fred today. I'm not sure where Fred <laughs> came from. I have a business partner named Fred, but yeah, no. Uh,
2: okay, well, that's awesome, guys. That's, don't, 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 don't feel bad, Brad. I had a young lady who was joining us this morning, working with us all morning. I called her Jessica 15 times, and only as she was leaving did she say, just so you know, my name's Amanda.
3: Nice.
1: <laughs> um, don't
2: feel bad. <laughs> Thank you
0: so
1: much for making me feel better.
0: That's great. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so hey, guys, we'll be there because um, we have media passes for the show. So um, we'll track you down and, and and pass you a little bit while we're there and, you know, hope to interview the, some of the cutting edge uh, people speaking. So, you know, when you guys are chatting, um, you know, feel free to introduce us on the fly and things like that during the show. Okay
2: absolutely
3: absolutely sounds great pepe and uh oh sorry no pepe (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: anything else we should know uh johnny and eric or or anything else anybody can do to get active and engaged do you guys
3: need help with anything any of that we're we're good we have uh you know if, if you visit any of our social media channels it's Miami nft week Everywhere the same way. Uh, and just another mention you know, it's in Winwood. It's in the heart of the action in Miami. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. Everything is walkable food and artwork oh, and just yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. And we have two great events the opening at night event uh, in the heart of downtown for our general mission pass holders. And then in the Winwood Market, which is like just literally just walking outside the doors of the convention center for Apedon uh holders and above oh you're, you're checking out my, my yeah and real TV quickly
1: thing. um i want to point everybody to his um to Gianni's uh nft cuba dot art uh project it looks really cool the art looks fantastic i know this is kind of a passion project for you man and so uh i really Appreciate think it. it's important and um you know that's again one of the things that makes miami great is there's so much art and culture in this community um that really makes it an amazing, vibrant place to live. And so to see you helping uh, Cubans get their art into the form of NFTs is fantastic to me. I I really appreciate what you're doing there with that project, Johnny. That's great. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. So everybody make sure you visit MiamiNFTWeek.com and use DeFi Lunch 75 to sign up because you don't want to give away that uh, discount unless you just want to pay extra. That's good. We're okay with that too. Um, But uh, guys, really appreciate you coming on. And more importantly, I really appreciate what you're doing uh, for Miami, for NFT, for for blockchain. Um, Love the work you're doing. I know how hard this work is. Um, People kind of think these events just happen it is, the, it is probably one of the most stressful gigs you can take on to build an event of this scale and importance. And so uh, kudos to you guys. I hope you have a nice um, vacation or break planned for post-show and uh, you guys get a little relaxation. But thank you for what you're doing for all of us in the industry and for Miami. Appreciate it. Thank you so
3: much for yeah. having us. Absolutely. Yeah, thank thank you, you, gentlemen.
1: Great, guys. All have right, a guys. great day. Thank you.
3: See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: That's cool, Joe.
0: Yeah, great guys. Um, yeah, I got us hooked up there for media um, passes, but uh, I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know if I can do Saturday and Sunday, but I'm definitely okay. going to swing by on Friday. So, okay, cool. Um, yeah. We could go just check that. That's the big DeFi day anyhow. So,
1: oh, it is? Oh,
0: awesome. um, Okay. Yeah, and the other ones are more focused on other things, but, you know, the weekends, it kind of gets a little bit uh, – Occupado on the other areas, you know, yeah, responsibilities. Yeah, course, so like real life, like, but yeah, life. so let's go down there Friday and then we can uh, cool. just work it like we do. And then we don't get overloaded with like four straight days of it. We just get one day, Yeah, you know, where we can go
1: sense.
0: pick and choose. Um, but yeah, I love these. I, I love the fact that they're kind of trying to build up this sustainable ecosystem now around, um, you know, tech in, in Miami. And, and I also like the fact that, um, That you know, I remember being in a Wynwood, and again, this is probably going to be a lot longer than I remember, but when it was all Salvation Armies and Goodwill stores, right? You know, and then going over there maybe like 2012 or something when Pantera Coffee opened up, and there were a couple other places, and then now you go down there and it doesn't look anything like it used to look at all. Uh, Wynwood
1: is Uh, awesome, dude! It's really, yeah it's really amazing that's fantastic wow well i'm I, i'm excited about this buddy i think this is uh, great, glad you got them on that's uh, that's really interesting to see and it's just a good story too i, I love that as well
0: well don't you find it funny Boots too how is gonna be there joe oh he is awesome Boots. okay mooch
1: i'm gonna go have All a talk right. about fucking Algorand.
0: that's right man <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, I thought you were talking about our mooch Don't you tell him, Mister Muccioli. <laughs> I'm no,
1: talking about Scaramucci. I'm yeah, Mister. Fame. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How long did he last in the White House? Again, he was only there for like a couple days. days, right? Ten, Ten days, days. All right. Ten
1: days. This was his. his, his uh... <laughs> yeah.
0: His, yeah. That's a. But um. Yeah. So look, he'll be. We, we could track down all these people if we want. I mean, I I went through the list and. I saw a lot of, um, you know, influencers and groups like that that I don't really, you know, know. You might know some of them. I know Um, a few
1: in the list. A few Miami guys I know. I one In particular, uh, Reuven Cohen, who I've known for a long time. I had lost track with him. We hadn't talked recently. Uh, So I want to kind of check and see. I'm going to look at his projects and see what he's up to.
0: Yeah. And also, I think what's funny is that, you know, all the people that have been around for like 20 years here talking about tech or evangelizing from Miami tech, you know, it's sort of like, you know, I didn't feel like there were that many there or back then. I didn't feel like there were that many. And now you see, you know, all these clusters of people that I didn't really um, know were, were still are still here. You know, it's kind of refreshing to see the perseverance I guess is what I'm getting at. So yeah,
1: no, no, look, I mean, look, the days of, of, of the, there was some really important foundational people that were, that were building the Miami startup scene years ago, like the times you were talking about and then post Mm -hmm. that like, and even 2008 to 2017 and people who were working their asses off every day to try to build a foundation for technology startups in Miami. And sadly um, I think some of those guys burned out after doing to do it for 15, 20 years. And then, I think others, um, when the bigger VCs came into town, kind of, and and the bigger name tech people came into town, kind of got pushed out of the way. And that may be the way it's supposed to be, right? You have people who are of the foundation builders, the, the early engagers, the guys who are really, you know, trying to build something and then you know the big name and the big money comes in and that's that's what drives it but there are so many startups being built and launched here it's um it's really amazing to see what's happening and this is really cool and i'm not kidding when i tell you that i mean you know it planning events is a nightmare so yeah it's Uh, it's uh, uh it's i i don't even want that job
0: yeah i don't know how people do it um i guess it all comes in under the pr banner or whatever but uh yeah it looks like a lot of hassle. Um, yep. But, you know, the other thing, just on to your last topic or your last comment, um, you know, one thing, I don't know if, how much everybody else knows this, but, you know, Miami's sort of the financial services capital of South and Central and the Caribbean. Yep. And so that's why you get such an influx of people from, you know, all of these different countries. You know, um, I think, Brad, you said a 100 languages. Well, you know, yep. think of, you know, near 100 countries. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people bank in Miami and then those banks, you know, you know, where do you think the bank of Buenos Aires, I'm just making a name up, would deposit their funds, you know, they deposit right. it in the U.S. banks. So, you know, it all sits here. So with blockchain and particularly the the fin, the, the financial protocol side of it, um, the DeFi side of it, it seems to me like it has a lot of applications for South America, particularly for that relationship in particular, the mo- the money moving back and forth. Um, the yield chasing, et cetera. I think there's something there for that. Yeah. Um, and then all the other business models, like the one, I mean, Shizzy turned us on the Hive Mapper, I believe, the Honey yeah. one. Or, yeah. you know, we talk about Genomes Dow sometimes, or we talk about other ones where they have specific applications. Those could all like um, you know, bypass all the legacy infrastructure in South America, just like the cell phones did, yeah. you know, when, when Bell South started launching it in South and Central America. So a lot of potential for that here and then of course we all know how a lot of wall street moved down here in the pandemic so you know it's not just the south american capital and the south florida money you know now the new york money's here too and it's yeah. going out that way as well to look yep. for yield to look for investment so this is a this, it has legs um it's yeah, just but- it's, it's it's got cool stuff Nibble asked
1: an important question though. And then he said, how is current uh, Florida culture war politics affecting Florida's ability to attract talent projects? I don't think it is yet. Um, I don't think people are quite aware some of the stuff that the legislature and the governor are doing here yet. Um, I think it will become much more prominent in the next two years for the election cycle. If, if DeSantis runs. Um, And I think it could be an impediment for me personally, as kind of a moderate and somebody who didn't vote for our governor um, I'm kind of hopeful that the startup tech scene brings in a lot more moderate voters uh, to the state and uh, actually helps us uh, buttress uh, more moderate politics. So that's kind of yeah. my hope here is that, that is that's going to drive some of that this way. But we'll see. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't think there's an impact I, right now on it. Yeah. I, I'd also add
0: just um, for those who don't know as well is that you know, Miami-Dade and you know say South Florida is much different from the rest of Florida. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the Santa's messaging is going to like Northern Florida, Central Florida, Southwest Florida, where you tend to have more, um, you know, it's just, it's not as diverse. Okay. Um, (laughs) I see Brad was sitting there going, Oh, what's he going to say here? No, but I mean, (laughs) the point is that here is where you have all the diversity. Okay. The internet. So, when I speak of like the capital of, um, you know, the financial center of South America, I'm talking about Miami. Okay. I'm not talking about any other part of Florida. So, this part is super diverse, super, um, um, you know, tolerant. and, And the only interesting wrinkle in that is that the Cuban population, uh, which is a very large component of of the South Florida population is much more diverse than say it was um, politically, you know, 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, It still is very conservative, but um, it's changing every day. And so that's what I find. You got that same youth dynamic working up for, you know, um, know, older people down to kids. Um, It seems to be going in ways that are sort of practical diversity. You know there's some social conservatism there, but at the same time, um it's more taller than say you would see in like um, Tallahassee Ocala- yep. well, those yep. are college towns though, but you know what I mean
3: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: um, so I'd say you know to what to your point, yeah, it's, it's a matter of time, but um not as much now in the social stuff, I don't think. Yeah. Do you?
1: No, I agree with you. Uh, yeah. Real quick, I want to cover this because i got to drop in six minutes, yep. but uh, right. you sent over this micro strategy, bought uh, 6,455 BTC over the past several weeks at an average price of 23,000 where was that? 23,000 something. 23,238 dollars. Of course, if he'd been listening to Sean, he would have held off on those purchases, but he wasn't. So, you know, uh, you need to start uh, Mr. Saylor, you start listening to DeFi Lunch with at least right. Thursdays with Sean. Um, the other thing that he, was really – go ahead.
0: He paid off the whole – I don't know if he said it. I might have been daydreaming, but he did say he paid off the whole Silvergate line of credit, right?
1: Yep. He paid off so, a okay. $5 million loan to Silvergate, and I think it was at a 22% discount. Uh um okay. so yeah that's done. So they currently MicroStrategy now holds more than 130,000 BTC totaling around 4.1 billion dollars in value. But then <laughs> I saw this tweet. <laughs> had uh had MicroStrategy um bought uh they would have earned had they bought Ethereum instead and staked it. There's a dashboard a dude dashboard um, they would have earned two hundred ninety-five thousand five hundred seventy-five ETH, and at four percent, it would be currently worth about five hundred nineteen point three million, and for a total value of if they had bought ETH at the same times and staked of six point nine five seven billion. So a fifty percent gain over what he had gotten with his wow uh, with his Bitcoin, um, and if he buys ETH now, he can still have. Uh, 2.195 mil, uh, million ETH if he trades his BTC for ETH and with an annual revenue from staking of 193 million dollars uh, USD. So,
0: wow, that's definitely something to, to think about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I'm I think it's, he's funny because we all know his, his reputation from the past, but you know, the fact that he's still going and still yeah. buying.
1: Is it and true still, believer? you know,
0: yeah, well, that's a bet. I, mean, I mean,
1: that's an all in bet. Once you're there, you might as well go, I guess.
0: <laughs> hey, it's only shareholder money, right? <laughs> 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 it's all BlackRock. So, or Blackstone, whichever one controls that company. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I like it. I mean, come on. It, it's, it, it, I mean, I don't, do you guys feel like when I look at the market and I, you know, I, I mean, it's with Sean and, and you love him to death, but. It's like it's the same message every time. It's like I'm long like crazy, but I'm shorting the shit out of this. If it goes down, I clean up and if it doesn't, I go, I do fine. I mean I but I feel like that okay. The arc is still, you know, still there though. You know, it's still, you know, for some I don't know where it's coming from, but I just I I just feel like I I don't feel as doom and gloomy, I guess, as is maybe I should after a CFTC. You know, I guess indictment of finance or whatever you call it from them. Um You know, when I hear stuff like this, you know, people still going strong. So, yeah. you know,
1: well, look, I, think, I don't know, man. I, look, it feels I, I weird. Still, I still think, you know, if you look at the data that that Sean posted in our Telegram group about the basically the 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 fleeing of USD from yeah. from the market, you know, that's that That basically means, look, this is pumping up here. He, his belief is it's a level of manipulation to get the last you know bits of candy from the children, yeah. um and that it will drop. At, the bottom line is when you don't have volume and liquidity holding up the market, eventually it's going it's going to get exhausted and it is going to drop. I, whether it drops to his six thousand uh, prediction, I, I don't know. I think the forces of economics and banking issues, could sustain this a bit longer but uh i don't know we'll see yeah um, it, it's it's kind of like you said
0: yeah it's it i guess what i wasn't trying to like fault what he's saying i was more no, just no, saying so much negative um you know we're just so i guess vaccinated against it at this exactly. point it, it's just we're also expecting it you know to happen that i wonder if you know if you know fate throws us a wrench or, or throws it the other way but to your point I think also that a lot of people are taking money out of the market. I mean, when I said, saw that CFTC on Binance real quick, and like 20% of it is U.S. institutionals trading through other countries or using Estonian e-resident cards, that money's now coming out because I think a lot of people were scared that, you know, you, you, can, of off-ramp, you can off-ramp easily still. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is on-ramping cash right yeah. now. Yep. And so I think a lot of people are saying, well, screw it. Let's just take it out. Um, but I don't know. Does that then go to Coinbase? Instead yeah. of finance, you know, that's um, what I don't know. So I don't know. I know you got to run, but let's talk yeah. about that more tomorrow or the next day. And yeah, um,
1: you just made me think and, of something. And I lost it. Fuck.
0: I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. About the what you were saying. Money.
1: Think of it, and then I lost it, and I don't.
0: About the money institutional money. money being in Binance or nah. it flowing out and maybe going into Coinbase or somewhere else. I don't
1: know. Um. Hey, I don't know teenagers. Either. Um, And they're taking the SAT, have them sign up as quickly as possible to take the free course at Khan Academy. Uh, My son went from a 1420 to a 1500. He's now in the 99th percentile. Um, um, Needless to say, I sent money to Khan Academy because that's going to make a dramatic impact on his life and the schools he gets to go to. And of course, my daughter and him have both used Khan Academy over the years. So uh, just a quick plug. uh, If you've used Khan Academy, give them money. Um, if you haven't used Khan Academy and you have kids that are coming up, um, it is a this that that is directly attributable um, to him taking their SAT training course, and it's the only official SAT course connected to the College Board. Um, and it actually analyzes your past capabilities and then helps you train based on where your weaknesses are. So, highly recommend it.
0: Good job. Congratulations, buddy. That's
1: awesome. Good shit. Good shit. All right, Joe, have a great afternoon. We'll catch you later. Everybody. Thank you You so much for listening. Uh, Thank you to Gianni and Fred and Eric for joining us today and um Your
0: fred. it's like fred where the hell is fred yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you shizzy niblets amen chuck appreciate you guys participating today if you are listening on the podcast please make sure you join our telegram community you're missing out on lots of good alpha and information debates news topics etc it's uh t.me forward slash mission defy t.me forward slash mission defy if you're listening on the podcast please take a minute to go quickly rate and review us it helps boost us in the overall ratings and rankings and search. And if you're listening on YouTube, make sure you um, subscribe and click the little bell and smash the thumbs up uh, so that we also get a boost over on YouTube land in the algorithm. Hope everyone has a wonderful, wonderful day. And Joe, we'll see everybody tomorrow.
0: All right, buddy. See you tomorrow, man. Talk to you later on today. All right, all right, man. Take Cheers. care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cool. Oh, I got to
1: end the broadcast. Now I'll end yep. the broadcast. Now I'm going to cool. end the broadcast. Now it's ending. Now We're we're saying goodbye.